The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 62. And if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, you can get a free session with me. All you need to do is head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can send me a message and set up the free session. And you you can also find uh, some other resources there as well. Today, I interview um, a a guy called Alex, who is a student who's um, studying philosophy and psychology And he's also someone who's struggled with um, OCD and eating disorders. And we have a really fascinating conversation. Um, You know, Alex is someone who really thinks very deeply about these issues and, um, you know, has come to a lot of conclusions about some of the best ways to to manage it. And uh, I think you'll find it's a really interesting conversation. As always, if you have any uh, questions for me, then do please let me know. And I hope you find this episode helpful. Many thanks. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. It's great to, to have you on. So to start off with, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a student actually at the College of New Jersey. I've been studying philosophy, uh, psychology, anything. I, re- I really got in, I got my, I discovered my, my passion my spirit of wonder, uh, kind of curiosity for, for science, kind of learning things about learning things about the world I'm living in. Uh, I, I never really, you know, I, I, I had dealt with, with OCD a little bit in my, in my, maybe like when I was 15, 16, it started to come about. I, I saw like therapists here and there or doctors here and there I say not therapists and it really uh it didn't seem to you know it was just popping up and I, I never really had a concrete diagnosis until you know just like a, a year ago really but really my whole life has been um learning and you know reading and writing I've just been you know that was really where my you want to talk about the themes. I know on the podcast, you've talked about themes and obsessions. My main themes were actually learning about the world where my knowledge kind of became my worst enemy in in a sense, because it kind of prevented me from just surrendering myself to help. But for the most part, I try to use my knowledge or, you know, I did use, try to use my knowledge for the best, try to figure out, how to kind of re-engineer my own mind from the inside out and the outside in. Fantastic. And so, so you've dealt with OCD and you, you know, you've kind of struggled with that at times. Is that something that you're still struggling with now? Or do you feel like you've managed to get to a place where you're managing it fairly well these days? 
Oh yeah, definitely. It's stabilized a bit. And you know, that's, that's kind of the big question, is it? Especially with OCD is how are you supposed to find balance in your life? How do you kind of find a stable point, an equilibrium, if your mind is pushing you to extremes? Like how, that's the big question for me. That's been the central problem in my life is everything I do, I do to extremes. It's, uh, you know, the, like that Billy Joel song, I go to extremes. That's, that's kind of <laughs> my theme song uh, in a way, but it's stabilized. It's, it's changed shape and it's attracted, you know, new, new problems with it. So it's, it kind of came with an eating disorder. Uh, it, you know, anytime someone with, uh, who's been diagnosed with a, uh, OCD, if any of their, if any of their themes or their obsessions, their intrusive thoughts involve food or eating in any way, you'll get, you'll get problems. You'll get eating disorders in many cases. And that's what happened with me. Um, you might want to call it orthorexia, uh, sometimes even anorexia. I was, uh, uh, I was in a real bad state, like, uh, but it was like just continual obsessions about food and the way I ate. And that was the big focus of my, uh, of my obsessions. And that was, you know, intruding upon my life. It was taking me away from the things I wanted to do. So, and that's, that's really the central question in, in you know the act the uh, the type of therapy you want to do, which is you want to find something that's that's workable, but you don't you don't want to like swim away. You don't want to like uh, you you're like you're running after a rainbow. Really, is what it, it comes down to. You're you're you think there's some kind of satisfaction you feel at the end, you but really you're just running around in circles, and you're never gonna get never gonna get there. By, you know, by chasing after a rainbow. Um, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I thought about it, but I'm, it's stabilized now. Well, that's good. And, and so, so this impacted you for a while. What was the, what was the impact of, of an eating disorder on you? Because I imagine, you know, obviously OCD is very hard, but if your obsession, you know, um, is, is related to, to food, I can imagine that's, you know, particularly difficult and draining. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, like your experience of that and how it was and how you actually overcame that in the end? The, the eating disorder kind of grew out of my OCD and, and but the OCD changed along with it. So it was mm. kind of, they were, they were involving with it and they were, you know, it was kind of like this big hydra just morphing <laughs> in a way that was not helpful. And that's a good way of putting um, way, it actually you know you cut off one head and another one grows back or two grow back and it's, yeah uh, and you know another another way of putting it is it's like a big feedback loop i was i kept eating my own tail and another one kept growing back mm. i kept eating my tail and another one kept growing back i ate that one i kept going that's a feedback loop there's another way to put it yeah um so the the eating disorder you know the eating disorder had its own dynamics it it, it morphed in a way and there's always tricky diagnostic issues, trying to separate, cleanly separate the, the labels that we put on, like there's anorexia, there's bulimia, and there's, uh, there's all these different types, orthorexia. And 
it, it was hard to separate those from each other. They would, you know, they would wear different masks each day, each, each week. And that was the same, that's the same thing really with my OCD. Mm. It, it changed. And really to the point of, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't have called it OCD um, and still wouldn't, you know, it's, 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 it migrated into another box and then kept move, kept doing that. And now I have like 10 boxes to, to, to collect and I'm still don't know where I belong. That's kind of how it's shaped up. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's interesting. And, um, you know, I, you mentioned to me that, you know, and, and you're kind of saying there that you're not really, you know, obviously you're studying psychology. You're very interested in, in becoming a therapist of, of some description. You, you haven't fully decided, you know, what exactly you want to do or where you want to go, but what you are very interested in right now is, is kind of, you know, n not necessarily labeling things. You, you know, you talked about that before and, um, mm -hmm. you know, so what do you think is the problem there of us being, you know, holding on too much to labels? Because I kind of agree with you to a certain extent, you know, I think it's helpful for people, for example, to have a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder or OCD, mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But, you know, to a certain extent, it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what's your, what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, so I, I got interested with the ethics of diagnosis um, and trying to, you know, because I would study philosophy and we, we started trying to think about what, you know, what is justice? What is love? You know, and none of these things have clear answers. And it's the same thing with OCD and all these mental health issues. So the way I see it, it's we, we all have to live by a story. We have to live through a story. We have to live. Um, in a way that, you know, we, ha we have all, we have this huge, you know, attitude about our lives that is, uh, here's how my life is going. Here's how it should go. Here's where I want it to go. Here's what I want my legacy to be. We have those, we have those thoughts, the story that we concoct about our lives. And in many ways, that's what the, the history of, of science and psychiatry, that's what that's tried to do but in a more systematic fashion. And in many respects, it's, a, it's really helpful. So I wanna get that across. It's, it's, not, it's not, not a bad thing. It's, it's, we need a story to figure out our lives. And having a diagnosis, putting a, putting a, you know, putting a color and a shape around the, um, you know, the way your mind works, that's really helpful in terms of saying, okay, here's, here's what we think the problem is. I have all these behaviors. I have all these thoughts and cognitions. How do I change it? Well, you need to know what the enemy is. You need to know what you're looking at before you, you, can, you can kind of root it out of your system. So, uh, the, you know, just putting a name to the, putting a face to the name is, is helpful, but it, it can go wrong in a number of ways. The first you mentioned is the self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, you'll get a diagnosis of OCD. Maybe let's say it was wrong in the beginning. It was, you, you were having, you were kind you, you know, there's a lot of disorders, autism spectrum disorder, uh, bipolar disorder. They can, they can all have routines and rituals and obsessive thoughts in a way that's hard to cleanly separate from OCD. Um, 
so it's really important to have the right diagnosis from the beginning so you don't kind of gravitate yourself you kind of pull yourself towards that way of thinking and behaving in the very beginning of your recovery so it's important that you be open to change but it's also important that you have a story that you know where you're working from so that you can you can rewrite the story in a way that's helpful um, and but you don't want to hold on to the OCD. You can say, okay, I struggled with this, and I mo I kind of moved out of the box. So now you're no longer, you know, you could say I had OCD, and then I and I had a, a foot in another box, and I had an eating disorder, and then I kind of kept walking my myself into all these boxes. And at one point, it's probably it was probably nice to say, or probably right to say that I had stepped in the depression box and then I had stepped in the, uh, stepped in the even bipolar box for, for a while. I had like what might be described as a manic episode. I felt, I felt elated. I felt really happy. I feel too happy, which is a problem. You, <laughs> again, my life was characterized by extremes. So people think of happiness as a good thing. Knowledge as a good thing. I had too much of these things. I was, I was continuously um, trying to get more of more and more of the things I wanted. I wanted to do more and more of the things I wanted to do. Uh, and that took me away from the things I should have actually wanted to do, which was like being around people and my friends and family. I was just a really long, I was in my own world, which, which often happens. You, you, if uh, you know you get too sucked into your own world, you become a black hole in a sense. What yeah. you want to do is is to you know be your own star and and you know be a people, be a person that you want to be. Yeah, I I think uh, something I like to you know to to remind myself and people I'm working with is that you know I'm someone who struggles with you know anxiety that's that's a fact you know whether whether that's ocd related whether that's you know something else you are someone who struggles with anxiety you are someone who struggles with you know potentially difficult thinking styles and you know and 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 that is that is a fact for most people who who struggle with these kind of things and you know that's if you can keep that in mind and hold on to that but not too lightly and keep your focus on, you know, the future. I, I was someone who struggled with this. I think you said that, uh, you know, just a minute ago, you know, I'm someone who had OCD, you know, not necessarily anymore. And, you know, it's, I think it's, it's good to a certain extent to be a bit future orientated with this. I'm someone who did really struggle with this or can really struggle with this, but I know if I, if I follow the right protocol, if I, you know, if I'm, if you're investing in ACT, for example, if you really focus in on the, the, uh, the skills surrounding ACT, you know, you don't have to be stuck in the same old patterns of behavior. You don't have to be an OCD person. You know, it's, um, it's, of course, it's, um, you know, it's really helpful to, to have a diagnosis sometimes. You know, as you were saying earlier, yeah, you need to you need to know the uh, what the problem is. Otherwise, how are you going to how are you going to resolve the issue surrounding it? And so, 
it is helpful to have the, the correct diagnosis to start with. So yeah, hundred percent agree with you, you know, try to get a diagnosis because that's important, but yeah, don't hold on to it too tightly and be to a certain extent, live in, live in the present, but have some kind of future orientation. You're working your way out of this problem. You're learning new skills and techniques and you're learning to reprogram your mind to, to be healthier. Uh, again, like you were saying, you, you know, you, you're, 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 un, you know, you're kind of trying to pull this problem out at the root and you can do it. And having that attitude, I think it's somehow more positive. It's somehow more uplifting than just living with this idea of, oh, I'm an OCD person. I'm always going to be like this. And, you know, of course you will be. So, yeah, some really good points I think you've made there. Yeah, it's it's really like uh, we tend we tend to think of mental health as something that's just inside your body, inside your mind, and it's just this force that's inside of you, and you gotta overcome it. Kind of, you know, you gotta do your own inner battle and try to, you know, fight the good fight. But I, I think of it as kind of like a just a big costume that we're wearing, or or just a like a, you know a. Uh, just some kind of yeah some kind of cost costumes some false costume and you can just you kind of rip it off here and there and until you're you again that's really what it comes down to you're a person first and foremost and then all and then you start developing throughout your life in a way that becomes unhelpful unworkable dysfunctional if you will and that's when you want to you know, that's when the story you tell at that moment, that's when the story you tell, uh, or well, you want to make, you want to tell the right story, but you want to be able to rewrite it in a way that's helpful going forward. So you do have to have an eye to the future. You're very right about that. You have to have an eye toward the future, but you have to also look back toward your whole entire life, how you want to look, how you want it to, how you want, you want the overall trajectory to be. Forget about how you're feeling now for a second. And just think about how you want your life to go overall, because you know you will be a different person in the future. Um, so you know, I would, I would run, I would want to write notes to my future self, or or notes, notes from my future self to me now. That's what I would want to do. That's a good strategy, and also a good strategy is you know just look up. There's a there's a face app you can download. You can, you can take a picture of yourself now and have some kind of AI software age your face. So like you can give you, you can add yourself 20 years, 30 years, put a picture of that person on, on your wall or, you know, above your desk or as a wallpaper or, you know, on your lock screen on your phone or whatever. And remind yourself that you, that person, you want that person to exist. You want that person to be happier than than you maybe, or you, you want that, that person to be successful, whatever it might be, um, that's a good way to orient yourself toward your future um, rather than getting stuck in the past and healthily responding to it. Yeah, I really agree. I really agree. And, you know, all of our, all of our stories, I mean, you keep mentioning, you know, tell yourself uh, a better story. And I think that's really true. You know, that's, uh, that's so important. The story that we tell ourselves is essential and so often you know we have a really limiting story 
we we feel that you know we can't get better we can't improve and um you know like all all of the best stories from all of the cultures around the world always have this kind of hero's journey um you know like joseph campbell and his idea of you know the hero with a thousand faces and um you know this is this is really true i think with with mental health problems because it is a real battle and it is incredibly hard at times but the one thing that i notice you know from from working with lots of people with you know mental health issues is that there is a there is a, to a certain extent you know whether you're spiritual or not there does seem to be a kind of spiritual element to it because you know when you before that you struggle with a mental health problem you are definitely one kind of person the experience that you have whether that's with um you know with ocd anxiety with depression that experience and learning to overcome that experience is a journey it's difficult it's a challenge you have to face down a lot of your inner demons it's not easy at all to get to a place where again you feel you're able to feel comfortable again where you're able to feel happy again and live your life again and having been through that experience you are changed you know the status quo has changed and you are going to be a stronger person because of it and that truly is a hero's journey and so trying to think of it like that trying not to think that you know OCD is something terrible and you know once you get rid of it you can only start living your life again once you get rid of it you know thinking like that unfortunately it kind of keeps us a bit stuck whereas if we can view it as a challenge something that you know isn't necessarily a bad thing it's maybe here to try to teach us something trying to you know let us know that maybe the way that we've been living our life isn't the best way that we could live our life you know having that perspective is going to really help you i think to to transform and to feel a lot better yeah i agree i agree so i there's <laughs> there's like three different directions i wanted to go with with what you just said one i would say is yes you you want to you want to have a story about your life but oftentimes we think about what our story will be what our story is and has been rather than what it will, what it will be and what it should be we we think about story as only in the past tense like we're we're telling the story and that's what already happened it's not it's a history of of my life not a not a not a future looking towards the future so it should be it should be more of a sci-fi novel than anything <laughs> it should be more of a kind of it it should be kind of a utopia um in a sense yeah. but you should want it to you should want the story you tell to be about the present challenges that you're facing and uh you know kind of a look towards what how your life can can really flourish um in uh how your life can flourish in the way that's really the way you wanted it to. Yeah. So you do have to, I, I see the past as like a context for the present and I see the present as a context for the future, but you really want, but the present is all you have. So the present will become your future. So you have to constantly battle yourself to make your future self um, more aligned with what, how you think it should go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good. And um, 
And what is what is up next for you then? So you are graduating soon from from your you know your under, undergraduate degree. What's yep. your what's your next plan of action? <laughs> My plans are so wayward. It's it's hard to 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 pick. It's hard to like pin them down. But I have a lot of interests. You know, in many you know like again like I pointed out with any kind of mental health condition there's there's benefits and there's drawbacks you you can't forget about the benefits it's not it's you can channel that passion you can channel that madness if you will in a way that's helpful that's really if you can find it if you can find a theme that you know matters and that doesn't feel like an intrusion upon who you want to be well then it's not an intrusion after all it's it's someone you want to be so if you can use that OCD, you can swim with the water and in a way that's taking you to the future you want to go. So that's, I, you know, I'm stressed about orienting yourself towards the future and I'm not answering, I'm not answering your question, but I'll get to, I'll get to it. I, I've always, it's really important to stress that there's always benefits to any kind of mental health condition that society at one point deems to be abnormal or not like everybody else. Um, so there's a benefit in being weird. Susan Cain talks about the benefits of being weird. It's, it's um, you know, not being typical. And there's a whole neurodiversity movement uh, with the autism spectrum disorder. And they're, they're just different. They're not less, they're, they're just different people, not less. That's what Temple Grandin liked to say. And if you read some of these memoirs with people with other health conditions, you'll, you'll recognize them in, uh, you recognize you in them. You'll, you'll see a lot of the stories we tell can be told with different characters. Um, so, you know, that's an interesting idea. People with autism, they're, they're, these are savants, like, you know, Rain Man. These guys are geniuses, but they don't really, they can't really connect with other people. They're living in their own world in a, in a sometimes even a, a world that will, bring insights into the world everyone else lives in. So that's interesting. And with pe people with bipolar disorder, you, you'll have creative geniuses. Um, people with OCD, you can channel that in a way that's really uh, you know, passionate, really persistent and really positive. I think those are important qualities. So as to, as to what I'm doing after my, I get my bachelor's in uh, philosophy and psychology, I will, I will go on to a PhD program in psychology, hopefully. Um, so, you know, I'm waiting decisions for that. There's a, there's a whole big stress ball for me there. But I'm also thinking about getting my master's in applied behavioral analysis. Uh, and, I've, and in my spare time, I've been freelance writing. Um, I would write poetry. I, I brainstorm um, short stories and novels having to do with mental health and, um, and certain scientific and philosophical concepts. So that's where I think I'm headed. That's where I think I should go. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're a very busy guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. And if you, could, if you could only give, you know, like one tip for people who are struggling with mental health issues from your own experiences and, you know, from your studies, what would that one tip be? What a difficult question. <laughs> um, don't be your own worst enemy. 
that's the tip. I would, a lot of times we, we get in our own way. We resist help, we resist change. So it's, it's good to, it's good to have an eye towards not just the box you're put in, but an eye towards the outside. We want to make the, make the box transparent and, and find the key. That's what I would say. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. tip, I think, because we do so often get in our own way. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great tip to, to finish on. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking to you. You're clearly, you know, someone who thinks very deeply about all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you've got an amazing career coming up uh, in front of you. So thanks a lot for, for coming on. I appreciate it. I love the work you do. Thank you. It's been nice meeting you. Please remember, if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, you can get a free consultation uh, with me. All you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com and uh, send me a message and we, we can sort that out. And if you like, you can also follow me on Instagram uh, at robertjamescoachinguk. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.